are back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. Well, college basketball season full swing here as you have the conference tournaments happening. Regular season ends on Sunday, and then it'll be all about the brackets and the matchups and selection Sunday uh, coming up a couple of days from now. And joining us on the show is Jerry Palm, bracketologist for CBS Sports. And Jerry, great to have you on the show. How you been? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, so, you know, one team that's just jumped out to me, and I'm not a huge college basketball uh, aficionado, but uh, Xavier, boy, they look terrific at the Garden yesterday. They're leading Providence right now in that tournament. Is this a you know legit number one seed championship contender? Absolutely. Yeah, uh, they've got a All American player in Trayvon Blewett. Uh, and a really good surrounding cast, and, and uh, they're very well coached. Uh, their bugaboo this season has been Villanova has had their number. Xavier ended up winning the league regular season, but lost twice to Villanova in games that were uh, not very good. But uh, for uh, Xavier, though, they look like they're going to be a one seed or have a really good chance to be a one seed in the NCAA tournament. But even if they're a two, a very dangerous team. And to have Villanova and Xavier out of the Big East, uh, two of the better teams in college basketball, how strong do you think the Big East is overall this year? Is there uh, depth behind those top two teams? Oh, it's been a terrific year again for the Big East. They could put uh, as many as seven teams into the NCAA tournament. Six of them look pretty secure. The uh, Marquette is the one that's uh, in some doubt. Uh, and uh, it's been a yeah, fantastic season. Seven out of ten teams possible in the NCAA tournament is a great year. Yeah, is there you know if you're looking the you know when the bracket comes out and you start filling it out you know the Big East, the ACC, usually the the conferences maybe people tend to lean towards. Is there a conference to you that over the course of this year has you know really shown itself to to be deep and you know maybe it becomes that conference that we look at and has five of the you know Sweet Sixteen teams there. <laughs> Yeah, well, the the Big 12 had a terrific season as well. Uh, also, likely to put maybe seven teams into the into the NCAA tournament out of their ten. Uh, another one of those uh, misnamed conferences, the Big 12 with ten teams. But uh, yeah, that's uh, they've had a terrific season. Kansas could be a number one seed. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma's collapsed late in the season, but got off to a great start early. Uh, but there's a number of teams in that league that have a chance to do very well. All right. Uh, talking again with Jerry Palm, CBS Sports uh, bracketologist here. Uh, as uh, as you look at you know the teams at, at the top, how deep do you see this in terms of you know big time contenders? There's not you know one team necessarily that's coming in unbeaten or that everybody's looking to knock off. Maybe Villanova is the closest there, but uh, how many teams do you think are capable of walking away with a championship? Oh, at least a dozen, uh, maybe fifteen. It's a, uh, a strange year in college basketball. Uh, seems like every week one of the top ten teams, or maybe even more than one of the top ten teams, is getting beat, uh, and so oftentimes getting beat by teams that aren't ranked. So we see a lot of parity in college basketball this year. And you're right, there's no dominant team that everybody is looking at and thinking, well, gosh, are we ever going to beat them? Uh, in fact, the three most talented teams, I think you reasonably argue, are Duke, Michigan State, and Arizona. And there's a chance that none of them will be number one seeds. Do you sense that 
the FBI investigations and, and you know all that's been the undercurrent and the big story in college basketball throughout this regular season. Do you sense that you know, any of that could could raise its head or you know result in a player being uh, suspended or, or a team um, you know dealing with distractions at the very least over the course of March? Or do you expect that to to fade away in the background? We'll all enjoy college basketball and everybody will go back to trying to fix it as soon as it's done. Well, you never know what the FBI's schedule or agenda is. Uh, there was something it reported about two weeks ago. Uh, some current players were named in a report, uh, but none of those players were pulled off the court. So uh, it doesn't look like it's going to impact anything on the court this year. Probably the biggest impact will be in post-game press conferences. Yeah, sure. Um, how about uh, you know the teams that are on the bubble? Are there some big games to be played out tonight, tomorrow, Sunday, where you know somebody can earn their way into uh, into the dance in terms of the major conferences? Well, uh, most of the teams that are on the bubble are done playing, but Alabama picked up a huge win at Auburn uh, earlier today. Uh, but uh, and USC out of the Pac-12 is still playing, and that's a team that's very squarely. On the bubble, most of the bubble teams, though, are, are done playing as the better teams in the conferences have emerged in their conference tournaments. All right, and uh, as far as you know, some of the local teams here, uh, what kind of noise do you think Seton Hall could make in, in this tournament? What kind of you know seating might they be looking at? Well, Seton Hall is probably going to be a, a borderline top twenty-five type of seed, so maybe a six, give or take. Uh, and they they're certainly good enough to win at least a couple of games, get to the uh, second weekend of the tournament they may not be seated to win a couple of games but uh, they're certainly capable of that of at least that kind of a tournament run they've had a really good season this year yeah and then uh, you know Rutgers won a couple of games in the Big Ten let's get them in <laughs> well <laughs> you know I uh it's my Boilermakers were the ones that finally got uh, were able to end their season uh, uh it's uh Rutgers is building though they're getting better Yes, they're they're moving along. I'm sure they they haven't been on your radar for a little while there, but uh, well, I'm the Big Ten guy, so I pay attention to it. Okay, yeah. okay. So you're... In terms of the tournament, I don't know. You're right. <laughs> and we're talking again with Jerry Palm right now. Uh, you know, Iona it makes it in. What kind of situation could they find themselves in? Is they're seeing what their situation will be come uh, Selection Sunday? Iona is probably a 16 seed, could be a 15. Kind of depends on how some of these other smaller conferences turn out but uh they're going to get a game that's going to be pretty pretty tough for them to win but uh we have seen 15s beat twos occasionally we have never seen a 16 beat a one yeah it's a it's a big deal trying to get that 15 is that just you know, the nature coming out of the mac or the fact that you know iona didn't have a strong no. regular season and, and they were only the four seed in that tournament before um yeah. you know romping through yeah i mean that that's basically yeah. it they, they didn't have a very good well you know for their by their standards because they're usually one of the top teams in that league uh, they didn't have as good a regular season, uh, and of course, when you're in the Metro Atlantic, it's a it's a decent league, but it's hard to build up your schedule strength in, in that league compared to some of the others. So that's usually why uh, teams like Iona are going to be further down. So where's the drama for you on Sunday? What are you anxious to find out? Uh, what the committee will decide? Well, it's usually the, the the last few teams in. You know, who actually gets selected? The the committee talks about how. You know, selecting the right teams is really important because you can play your way out of a bad seed, but you can't play your way out of not being selected. So uh, they really want to make sure they have the right 36 at-large teams 
in the bracket, and that's really where I'm always focused. Yeah, who do you anticipate? Who, who's right there on the bubble? Alabama had a good day, you said, so you feel they've yeah. played their way in. Uh, you know, who do they knock out? What about Syracuse? Where are they in this mix? Yeah, Syracuse very, very much nervous on Selection Sunday. I've got Syracuse as the second-to-last team in at the moment. Louisville right behind them at the very bottom of the bracket. Uh, Oklahoma and Marquette also among the last four in. And, you know, USC, uh, Arizona State, Middle Tennessee, Notre Dame uh, among the first four out of my bracket at the moment. All right, and you can uh, check out Jerry's bracket at cbssports.com and to the college basketball page and click Bracketology. Jerry Palm, CBS Sports, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Jerry. All right, thank you. All right, so uh, that's uh, what you're looking for. Selection Sunday starts to approach uh, a couple of days from now. Um, you know, Syracuse squarely on that bubble, hoping you know no nothing more crazy happens over the course of this weekend. But uh, most of those bubble games ha- have played out, and it'll be in the hands of the uh, committee at this point. And you know, Ray and I got to go to the, the Big East tournament for a little while yesterday and saw uh, you know Providence uh, pick up a win and. Uh, we saw, you know, St. John's go uh, down in yesterday's game as well. And for St. John's, you know, it's just uh, it's been a long time since the Johnnies have been a real threat. And I know, you know, everybody got so excited when Chris Mullen was, you know, taking over that program. But um, you know, the results still, you know, haven't quite been there. And he's able to pick up a win over Patrick Ewing's Georgetown Hoyas the night prior. But uh, you know, you'd love to see you know some of these New York area schools that used to be you know powerhouses and strong programs, uh, you know, rise back up a, a little bit here. Seton Hall's kind of been carrying the torch over the last few seasons, and you know, Iona does a great job for you know what they are as a mid-major program in you know for a third straight year winning their conference and getting into the NCAA tournament. They've been there five of seven years now, but there's not. Really a big threat. And you have so much talent coming out of the New York City area, yet uh, end up in a lot of different places. Even as you know, the ACC tournament played in Brooklyn, you had the Big Ten tournament at the Garden last week, and the Big East tournament at the Garden this week. Uh, this is you know the, the mecca in some ways, and yet there's not one team that's really New York's team that you can rally around. Uh, as far as college basketball goes right now, and it's really just, you know, Duke comes in, all the Duke grads get excited, Syracuse comes in, the Syracuse grads get excited, and, you know, that's what we've been looking at for for a long time now as far as, uh, you know, this scene goes. What's up, Ray? And Syracuse likes to brand themselves as, like, New York's team because they're the, they've had the most success out of the Division One teams you they know, take over area. when they're I mean, even though they're so far away. Yeah, they take over when they're playing. Yeah. There are a ton of Syracuse alums in, in New York City. Such a bad move for them going to the ACC, just, I think, geographically. Well, they got to play in Brooklyn this year, at the very least. And they did, but it's it's just not the same. The Big East tournament without Syracuse, without UConn, it's, it's just not the same. No, it hasn't had the uh, the same buzz. Watching Xavier in the Big East still doesn't quite ring true as, oh, of course, Xavier's the number one seed uh, in the Big East. But they, they look terrific uh, thus far. So, uh, Selection Sunday coming up, and then you know, get the NCAA tournament, the wildness on Thursday and Friday of next week, which is always a lot of fun to uh, chat about. So, uh, we'll uh, we'll mix in some some more college hoops than usual over the course of the next couple of weeks, as you might imagine when it's uh, March Madness. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten, the number to get involved. Uh, we will uh, we will have a, an update on 
Mark Gastineau, we had him in studio earlier this week, aired the interview yesterday, and uh, you know what has you know, resulted uh, from from that interview is very emotional interview. And we'll have some of the highlights for you as well. If you missed it, uh, we'll also you know dive into uh, what's on tap, what's coming up this weekend as we get you get you ready on this Friday night. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York, seven ten W O R. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. I'm a mid-major guy at heart when it comes to college basketball. Went to Hofstra. So I always feel for, there's always some mid-major team that has a great regular season, and then they get bumped in their conference tournament, and that's it. They're like, done. No chance of getting in. Uh, Middle Tennessee State seems to be that team this year. They went... 16 and 2 in Conference USA and then got knocked out in the opener of the conference tournament by Southern Miss and now they're on the outside uh, looking in they're they're right on that bubble but it would appear to be on the outside looking in that whole thing that is brutal that is just the the worst part for the mid-major teams nothing you do matters until you play in your conference tournament and then you better run through the only thing you're playing for all year is seeding in your conference tournament maybe knocking off a, a major program so your you know your students and fans could get excited for a bit but that's about it your season begins and ends in the month of march uh that is brutal uh for middle tennessee state uh 800-321-0710 the number last night on the show uh we aired our, our interview with mark gastineau and mark uh came into studio earlier this week of course remember the famed sack exchange with the new york jets uh at one point held the record for uh, most sacks in a season, and uh, Mark w- was very emotional at some points in the interview. Um, you know, he's suffering from Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, dementia as a result of his NFL career, and he described you know the toll it has taken on, on his quality of life uh, and his wife as well. And I used to go around and do yard work. But you know what? She she does everything now for me. And you know what? I know, I swear to God. My church and everything, you know, I thank God, I thank God that I have the Lord in my life. You know, Pete? Seriously. Because I'll tell you, Pete, it's not good. It's not good. When I'm laying in bed until 3, 4, 5, it's not good. It's hard to hear. And, um, you know, Mark, it's very brave of him to, to come in. He's not just representing himself. He's representing all the retired NFL players that are part of the NFL concussion settlement. Uh, they're part of a class action lawsuit against the NFL. The retired players won. You see the headlines. Uh, initially over $600 million. That number went up uh, a few years later. Uh, it, you know, the, the number was, you know, essentially cemented or, or how the program would be paid out a year and a half ago. And yet players like Mark and there are others that are being given the runaround in terms of their diagnosis or what doctor they're seeing or, you know, what exact diseases they have and, you know, what 
box they fit into as far as payment. And uh, these guys are getting the runaround. And Mark Gastineau stood up uh, yesterday, and you know he says Commissioner Roger Goodell at one point was his ball boy. Uh, then he talked to him. You know, I had a game last year, and Goodell said, hey, anything I could do for you, Mark? And Mark's calling him on that. I want the NFL to treat people right. Pete, they got to. They have to. The commissioner has to. He told me. He goes, listen, Mark, I'll, you know what? Anything, you, you know what? You need anything, let me know. He was my ball boy. Mm. I treated him great. He told me. Hey, Roger Goodell, treat people right. Roger Goodell, and this is one for him. Roger Goodell, you at the football game at the New York Jets. We were in a, in a, my wife will witness it. He told me, and he knows that he was, I, he was my ball boy. I want to hold you to your promise, Roger Goodell. I want to hold you to your promise, Roger Goodell. What's uh, the NFL to do the retired players right? And, you know, seeing you know, Mark's 61 years old with these uh, brain diseases, and, you know, obviously, uh, you know, that doesn't happen naturally. Uh, and considering, you know, so many other football players are suffering, the NFL had some knowledge of it during their careers. Uh, the players, of course, had no idea. You know the risks of getting on a football field in terms of breaking bones, and uh, but the seriousness of concussions, the repercussions decades down the line, that wasn't written into the agreement. That wasn't talked about. That wasn't known for these players, even if it was uh, by some members of the NFL and the medical community. And that was basically hidden uh, from them. They didn't get to make that decision. At the very least, the players today, they can hear those stories and know what the risks are and make their decision. And some of them might decide, hey, this is a great opportunity for me to, to make X amount of dollars to provide for my family. And if I you know, have a rough life after X point, uh, so be it. But this wasn't an option for you know the, the players of uh, a few decades ago. So... Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy the, the word's getting out about what you know Mark uh, put out there yesterday, and and to to do it so emotionally, I think was extremely brave of him. Uh, the NFL has not responded to you know any uh, inquiries, and we, we inquired as well. Any kind of statement from them, nothing uh, from the NFL as of now. His uh, Mark Asino's sister Kelly though did reach out. She said that. Um, she was moved in a great way by the interview. It was incredibly hard to listen to, but that uh, she didn't even know exactly how bad it was, um, you know, for, for Mark right now. And his dad's going to be visiting him this weekend. And, um, you know, again, uh, it's it's not just Mark Gastineau's story here. It is, um, you know, the story of so many of these retired players. They've won the lawsuit, and now... Uh, they need help, you know, money that could go to medical bills and, and maybe some technology or rehab that can you know, give a quality of life. And, um, you know, it's shameful, you know, the, the runaround uh, that they are 
taking from the NFL. But that's uh, the update that we have for you today. And if the NFL does respond, we'll, of course, uh, pass that uh, along to you and, and follow, you know, this story over the, um, you know, the coming weeks and, and beyond. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number. We'll tell you what's on tap this weekend. Of course, Selection Sunday, but much, much more than that. Uh, this is Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. I'll tell you what's on tap this weekend coming up. Uh, we'll grab a call, 800-321-0710. Dave in Franklin Square. How are we doing tonight, Dave? I have no complaints, thank you. But I think I, I have a short-term or a long-term solution. Could you imagine if the NFL, with uh, you know, it, it's got so much money, would actually reach out to the Veterans Association who don't have the money, but they have the setup in the hospitals, that if you made a donation, uh, I know the lawyers will tell you you can't make a, you know, a contribution, uh, in the point that you would be able to keep the VA hospitals running, but the players, the NFL players, who can't touch their pension till after until uh, 55, could be able to go into the VA hospitals and perhaps get uh, a knee replacement, a shoulder replacement, whatever they need to have done. And I don't think our veterans would mind uh, sharing a room with an NFL veteran. Yeah, I, I feel like I've read uh, some combination uh, that that is like that with you know some NFL f- former players and. Um, you know, veterans as well. I mean, on paper, it, it seems to, you know, make sense well, to me yeah. that something like that could work out as long as, you know, you're improving the infrastructure for the veterans and making sure nobody's getting, you know, shut out because, you know, an NFL player might have made more money in his career and, and you know, things of that nature. You don't think a veteran would like to hear the NFL stories from a guy, you know, sitting sure. away from him? No, I think I think both would appreciate the, the stories of one another. I, I think it's, um, you know, a combo that that does make sense. Yeah, and like, like I like I said, these poor guys can't touch their pension until they're fifty-five. Um, as far as the NFL, which is horrible. I mean, these guys, you know, again, I'm the same age as Gastineau, and I I, I I wouldn't say I was crying, but I. I just, I just never want to get to that point in my life yeah. where he is right now. Yeah, and, it was, uh, it was yeah, hard and, to hear. And, and, let's, and remember, the NFL lawyers are not going to let anybody get into the uh, domain of people's brains and stuff like that because you open a can of worms, unfortunately, and I'm talking lawyer speak, because there's going to be billions as far as people with concussions. But at least take care of the guys that, need, you know, that, that yeah. are hobbling around and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I I completely agree, and thanks for the call, Dave. Um, there's there's much more the NFL can be doing to to help these retired players, the guys that paved the way and make it a fourteen billion dollar a year industry, and uh, especially with the brain injuries, where the NFL knew these risks and allowed the players to play anyway. At the, at the very least, today you could say the players have a much greater understanding of what risks they are taking when they step on the field that it's not just you know about going out on a stretcher that day it is about you know down the line problems that that you can have that are going to impact your quality of life your enjoyment of life your experience of life and uh at the very least they can make that decision now and they do it as young men so that maybe they don't think too long and hard about it but the information is out there that wasn't the case for uh, players you know 20 plus years ago uh, again 800-321-0710 uh, to get involved in the show uh let's turn our attention to what's happening this weekend 
The weekend is underway. Here's what's on tap. Weekend Spotlight. In fact, it's already underway. How about that? Friday night, baby. Uh, Ray Martell, our, our producer here in the sports zone. What, what are you excited about? What uh, what has you pumped up this weekend? The only unfortunate thing about it is it's at the end of the weekend, but Selection Sunday, six o'clock on Sunday night. I love that. I you love, lock in, really? I lock in because I love you know. And, and a couple years ago, they ruined it with that long show, but they finally fixed it and brought it back to where they said they're going to get everything in the first twenty minutes to a half an hour. But I love that. I love the live look-ins. I love the you know the, the the screaming fans and everything. It's it's such a it's a cool half hour, and I love when you see a team that didn't know they were going to get in a couple of years ago. Iona was on it the year that they lost in the semifinals, and they had them there and they got in. It was like wow, what a surprise! I think it's great. I think it, it's a lot of fun to watch, and you know I love the brackets. It's it's I'm not as big a college basketball guy as I used to be, but the tournament time this is the most fun time for college basketball. Yeah, wake me up when the bracket comes out. And PC just has a one point lead by the way right now is. Uh, in the Big East tournament. Okay, so Providence with a one-point lead. Nobody knows what PC is around here except uh, politically correct. Excuse so. me, the Providence College Friars yeah, in the Big East yeah. tournament. Watch the New England influence here on the show. But, uh, but yeah, Selection Sunday, eh, just give me the bracket, I'll print it out, and I want to fill it out, and that's when I start to care. That's the moment that I start to care that I have a team in the fight in every single game. Thursday is very exciting until one of my final four teams gets knocked out, usually at precisely 1.53 p.m. Eastern time, and then it's uh, hell in a handbasket for me. Do you remember the guy had the bracket like it was perfect all the way through the, fir- the first two rounds, and then we never heard from him again? Hate that guy. Yeah. Hate that guy. Nobody wants to be like that guy or be near that guy. You don't want that guy in your pool. You don't want that guy in your life. Don't be that guy. Or be that guy, but I'd love to be that guy, but I don't want to be around that guy. Does that make sense? I know what you mean, yeah. I think we got it. All right, Mark Wiener, what are you excited about this weekend? Well, normally this is around the time I'd be locked in for a Ranger playoff run, but unfortunately they're rebuilding. Ah. So the NCAA tournaments could be what bridges the gap until the NHL playoffs. So conferences... Conference you know, you do have opening day in there, Mark. That's all you got to bridge it to. You just have to get to opening day, and we don't need to get to the NHL playoffs. Well, also opening day, but I'm also pumped up for the NHL playoffs, piece. Okay. Well, who are you rooting for in the NHL playoffs? I like Nashville this year. Yeah? You going to root for them? Maybe. That, that last year when they made the finals, Smashville was in full effect. That it was, was awesome. fun. I liked all the yellow. Yes, it was very cool. But and the yellow outs. This weekend, Big East Tournament uh, Championship game tomorrow, ACC, Pac-12, all within a couple of hours of each other. I'm excited for tomorrow just to watch all those games and uh, see who's going to punch their ticket. I'll bet a dollar you won't watch one. Actually, uh, I have to watch tomorrow. I'm actually being paid to watch tomorrow. So. Oh, okay. Which one? Uh, probably all three. I'm going to be there oh, okay. uh, 6 to midnight tomorrow. Oh, so there you go. You're obligated to watch, so you convince yourself you're excited to watch and you know how I'm great your job anyway, is. Pete. You're in. Okay. Mark Weiner, locked in college basketball, NHL playoffs. I believe you're excited about college basketball. I'm a little skeptical. I'm a March Madness guy. I like it. All right, all right. I'll, I'll tell you what I'm excited about this weekend. How about St. Patrick's Day parades? We're starting it up, baby. Now, my hometown, East Islip, they already had their parade last week. I almost went out for that. But it's St. Patrick's season. It's the best season. It's like the season now. It's the whole month. You can, you know, go to parades, right? The city will be the real St. Patty's Day, the 17th. And then Rockville Center out in Nassau, they do the week after. And you could do a whole month. I used to do a whole month, like three or four weekends in a row of St. Patty's Day parades, parties. You're going bar to bar. 
Oh, phenomenal. Are I you, can't wait for tomorrow. You are Irish, right, McCarthy? I am. Yeah, I'm Irish. So there you go. It's you don't thing. have to be Irish, though. We're, you know, we invite everybody. Not that I'm even a we. I'm like, you know, a wee bit Irish. I'm not that Irish. I got the Irish name. That's about it. Counts. Yeah, that's all, that's all I need. Throw in a green hat. Anybody throws on a green hat, they're Irish for the day. And you have fun. It's like Cinco de Mayo. I don't, you know, I'm not Mexican, but I can enjoy Cinco de Mayo. All fun. Go get some margaritas and enjoy. That's what St. Patrick's Day is. All right, I, I see. I see your point there. I, I, I just so never could understand the whole point of St. Patrick's Day parades before and after. You know, I shouldn't. And I, I guess I, I see your point now because now you can have like three parties in a whole in, in, in over the two. Oh weeks. yeah, I used to do the whole month. You know, then I got the gout, and I was like, all right, no more St. Patty's Day on tour. You know, just one St. Patty's Day every March. That's it. Then it's NCAA tournament. That's it. Could be a dangerous month. But what I like about St. Patrick's Day, it's like, hey, you could do something outside. Because it's theoretically going to warm up soon, and you know we can start living in the world again, right? Nor'easter, yes. yeah. Uh, it's going to be between nor'easters, I guess, this weekend. But that's right. Yes. We're supposed to get another one on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, Monday. But but, but it looks like at least where we are here, we we only hit rain. I think. Okay. So hopefully. Well, I guess it's not a weather event. Is it a? Well, it's a space and time event. A weather can event. I call it that. Weather event. Daylight yes. savings time. Oh, that's not a weather event. That's a big one. I'm excited for that. Now, people don't like it because you're springing ahead and you lose that hour of sleep, but I will gladly give up an hour of sleep so that that feeling when you leave work and it's actually bright outside, sign me up for that. That is worth the hour every single time. Every time. I would never fall back if I could. Never fall back. Just spring ahead all the time. Give me that extra hour of sunlight at the end of the day. Love it. Mark is looking at me incredulously. But you come to work at that time. That's what I was about to say. I'm well, like, you never work... see the end of the. Well, it doesn't work <laughs> it's for me. It's always dark when we leave. Yeah, it's always dark when I leave. But you know, for for normal people, you know, work nine to five. It's depressing. I remember. I work normal hours, and then you know, you get out of work, you get out of school, whatever it is. It's dark. It's terrible. You know what I love about daylight savings is like Sunday. All the people in the advent of social media. The complaints about oh my gosh, it's uh, there are people out there that are adamantly against the clock change. I mean they they, oh, they run they I'm put these you. diatribes on 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 the uh, on on Facebook and Twitter. Oh my gosh, I won't rant about it on Twitter, but I'll rant about it here. Oh, just deal with it. Do away with it. Just deal with it. Yeah, come on, isn't for farmers and stuff. We don't want to farm people years. anymore. It's been working fine for a hundred years. Why change? It? No, everybody's in the cities now. Then we don't need to be changing clocks. I gotta wind my watch. I don't need any of this. Indiana. I gotta change my alarm clock once a year, twice a year. Nah, done. Some, some it's counties, on purpose. Some counties in Indiana didn't used to do it. Then they they they're in only Arizona. The only ones uh, Arizona doesn't do it. No, That's well it. Arizona's a problem too. Get them on board with everybody else. It can't be changing depending on the time of the year. But everybody should just do away with it. I like that. Also, uh, the Red Bulls open up. Uh, this weekend. I love one of my favorite sporting experiences in this area. I love going to those Red Bull games. I think it's a blast. Full disclosure, I haven't gone in a couple of years now. It kind of crosses over a little too much with baseball season for me, but that is a blast. And uh, hanging out at the supporters section, went up to Montreal once with the Red Bulls supporters and, and saw them play at Olympic Stadium. I was just excited That's to see cool. Olympic yeah, Stadium. I, I'd like to go there just because of where it was. It's yeah. Just baseball stadium. Yeah, it was great. It was cool. And, uh, and Montreal's always a fun town. So, uh, yeah, jumped on, did that. But I, I get it. I like, I like the Red Bulls. I get into that. If you haven't been out there, you have to go. It's actually a real fun time. Yeah. I went there. I've been there for a couple Red Bull games and I went for the uh, MLS All Star game there, which was really cool. 
Wow, how was that? That was fun. I mean, man, you just absolutely dominated. Oh, was, yeah. And it, but okay. it was cool because, you know, they had Beckham. They had all, all the stars were there. So it was kind of cool to see that. Yeah. yeah it's saying, all the stars. David Beckham. <laughs> no, they had, uh, what's his name? Uh, the, uh, the other guy. I'm, now I'm forgetting his name. Henri. Uh, no, they, they had Henri. They had all. Henri was there. Beckham was there. Who's the guy who retired? Uh, um, uh, the, the, the scored the goal in the World Cup, then got subbed, snubbed a couple years ago. Dempsey. Dempsey was there. Yeah. All right, yeah. Landon Donovan. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah. Oh, Donovan. Okay, yeah, he's kind of snubbed, but uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, I enjoy I, I enjoy it when they're they're back in the mix. So and there's, and there's no yeah. World Cup this year for us in the U.S. Yeah, that's so. all you got. You got the Red Bulls. You better so. enjoy it. Soak it up. Eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. We'll grab a call or two when we come back and give you uh, our moment of the week here on the show. It was a fun one. I enjoyed this one. So we have that uh, coming up. Mark Weiner will. Tee it up for you. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 710 WOR. You're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy. You guys think Seth Lugo still likes us after yesterday? So we we kind of played a little, a little joke on uh, on Seth Lugo when he joined us on the show. And, and Seth's fighting for a rotation spy. He's having a very good spring training with the Mets. Uh, could end up in the rotation. Could end up in the bullpen. He expressed he is happy with either of those scenarios. Just wants to be a big leaguer helping out the team. Uh, love that kind of spirit. Uh, but Seth is a... Well, I guess I'll, I'll let uh, Mark uh, tee this up here. What we, we got, Mark, for a moment uh, of the week? This was incredibly mean, what you did to him. This is like playing the 06 Wainwright strikeout to us, (laughs) or playing the Alec Martinez goal to me from 2012, or playing the Aaron Boone home run to Ray. But you did it to Seth Lugo, and here it is. Now, uh, Seth, I have... I have a, a piece of audio. You, you sound like a fun guy. You sound like a nice guy. So we're, we're going to have a little bit of fun with you here. But I have a, a piece of audio that's going to generate, I think, an emotional response from you. Um, is it okay if we play it? You, you think you'd be comfortable with it? Uh, let's see what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to set up a safe word? We can set up a safe word. We'll stop it at any moment. <laughs> Safe word will be the safe word. Okay, there it goes. There it is. Uh, all right, so here is here is that audio, and, and you just say the safe word, and we will stop it immediately. Three receivers right, feel and left. Marshawn Lattimore. Safe years. word. I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, uh, Seth Lugo. So, and, and in case you didn't pick up on it as quickly as he did, we had to cut that off pretty quickly. Uh, do we do we have the the play? I know we had it uh, yesterday. Is it still hanging around? Can we can we play the the full play uh, that we tried to play for uh, Seth Lugo? Yes, he picked it up ridiculously fast. There were three point one seconds. Three point one seconds. Hearing a radio call, heard two names, and he knew exactly what it was going to be. This play. Three receivers right, field and left. Marshawn Lattimore, twelve yards from Adam. Case on a deep drop, steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side, caught by Diggs. Stay oh, my God, oh my God! 30, no 10, Are you kidding me? It's a Minneapolis miracle! Stephon Diggs and the Minnesota Vikings have lost up on the New Orleans Saints! Now, if you don't know, Seth is from Louisiana, huge Saints fan. He and his wife went to the wild card round game. Now, if we had played that entire play, then I think it would be mean. But we we gave him an out. I gave him a safe word. I don't think I was 
I was mean to... You were a little mean. I don't think it's that mean. It could have been that mean. His, his wife retweeted the interview, so I guess you know he didn't mind it too much. She's a Saints fan, probably. That's probably the reason why. <laughs> no, well, she's a Saints fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was that mean. Mark Mark thinks it was very mean. He he told me not to do it. He told me, you know, the guy's going to hang up and he's going to hate you forever. And could you imagine if someone did this to you with, say, the butt fumble? Which Mark has probably done to me ten times already here on the show. So I actually haven't yet. This is this is what goes around. What goes around comes around. You haven't done that yet, Mark? Oh, we keep playing 28-3 to 3 to Salvo. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I like that. I like doing it to other people. But the butt fumble's not good audio. It doesn't work on the radio. You can't, you can't describe the incomprehension that is the butt fumble. It's a good point. Uh, now I got to worry about Ray because Ray's over there smiling. He's a big Patriots. Well, my fan. favorite part is I was at the game and I remember some guy injecting him. I'm like, but but he was down by contact. And I looked at him like, yeah, but his own man. Yeah, I was at that game too. I was like, wow, Will Fork decked Sanchez, and then I saw the replay. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Get me out of here. That was it. That was a breaking point for me. I gave up Thanksgiving with my family to watch the butt fumble game. Why the heck do I have these Jets season tickets? That was the end. Sam Darnold, Jets, you draft them. I'm back. Go get it done. Uh, that'll do it for the show tonight. Hey, Stan Fischler was great. Uh, check it out on the website, 710WOR. It was real exciting to talk with him. Uh, thanks to Anthony McCarron, Jerry Palm for joining as well. For Ray Martell, Mark Wiener, I'm Pete McCarthy. Enjoy your weekend.